Good evening and welcome to a post bye week edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always. What's up, Rob? Hello, everybody. How you doing? Hopefully everyone is doing well. Um, getting ready for homecoming. It's nice to, I guess, if we're going to have a bye week, it's kind of nice to uh, gear up before a big one. And we are coming to you a little late, so this show may be a little loose, uh, a little <laughs> late in the week, a little, sort of some life things to deal with, and uh, and a little late Tuesday. So sorry to the other JMU podcasts that we will be uh, trampling on that come out a little later in the week. <laughs> um, but welcome, everybody. As always, we are brought to you by Pale Fire Brewing Company in Harrisonburg, Virginia. The big news this week is not only can you mention the JMU Sports Blog podcast and get a free pint glass, Rob, maybe we ought to tell them to stock up this weekend. Yeah. Um, um, Hope so. Hope so. At the tap room there in Harrisonburg. But you can come see us, uh, make fools of ourselves on some level, uh, in some way, on Friday night. We will be there by 8 p.m. or so. We'll probably try to do something uh, around 9. We, again, still have no idea whether we will actually do something live for people there or record a podcast in the back or just hang out and have a party. But in I, any case, I think it's going to be like when you have whatever, like, you know, the local sports radio from training camp where you're uh -huh. there, there's people going around, but like, we're not broadcasting it out. Nobody wants to, <laughs> people are going to, do want to hang out drink beers, have a good time, pale fire. Um, yeah. We certainly want to interact, meet people. People can come on. I think, we were talking, and Todd, if I'm mm -hmm. if I'm out of line no, here, no, no, go for it. No. I think we're going to try to have like another. We we record using a simple phone app, but I think right. we're going to have another phone set up with some headphones. So if people want to come on and do like a Q and A, they can jump yeah. on for thirty seconds with us. Um, whatever. So it, it'll be fun. But just think of it as yeah. like we're going to be there on location. We'll knock out a podcast twenty or thirty minutes, but then it's mostly just hanging out, talking sports, having having good beers. Absolutely, and hopefully there'll be some other. There'll be lots of good Jamie folks there. Mm -hmm. um, Famous or not famous or infamous, uh, all of the above on Friday. And you can come up and join us after Quad Fest. So the Alumni Association and the school are putting on the big event there on the quad on Friday evening. Um, hopefully the weather will hold out for them. We'll see. But that is from 5 to 7 on Friday. Uh, there is, uh, I think we said, like some kind of a beer garden event. Rob and I will be outside of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think we both said we... <laughs> If we're going to record this thing at nine, we're not going to start at five. So. No, right. no. So, um, we will make a fool of ourselves, but not in a drunken way. We will just, right. We'll leave our own stupidity to, to take care of that. That's right. But hopefully lots of Dukes can make it back to that. Um, should be a really good event if, if it's not too wet. And I'm sure we'll get to a little weather stuff later. As always, rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. Uh, I think I said last week that we were on Stitcher. We may not be. I don't know about that. Yeah. We're... Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but thanks to everyone that's interacted. We've had a great couple of weeks. Um, not so much on the pod, but I, well, I mean, because of having Nikki Newman on the pod, uh, I think we got a great reaction to that. And then there's just been a lot of good stuff going on. Uh, Rob, you've had some good interactions with people online. So you can always follow us on Twitter at Jamie Sports Blog. You can find us on Facebook. Had a lot of fun the last couple of weeks interacting with everybody, even without JMU football to behold. So a couple, you know, just notes tonight. We don't have obviously a game to cover from last week. So we are going to do, we're going to do four downs, but we're going to be looking forward to this week's big, big, big matchup with Stony Brook. And then we're going to do sort of a shorter, I don't know if it's two quarter, two halves or four quarters. Um, looking forward to men's basketball. We next week will be talking obviously the Stony Brook game. We'll be looking ahead to the Duke's next football game. And we're going to have another pretty cool guest on, one we've had on the podcast before. And we will be diving deep into women's basketball next week and really looking forward to that. So I hope everybody can join us next week. So we'll save the women's stuff um, for having a cool guest next week. But we're going to do a little bit on the men tonight. And before we get to football or basketball, just a reminder that the women's soccer team clinched the CAA title over the, this past weekend with a 1-1 draw with Delaware. They came back from a very slow start to the season to just go all, you know, I mean, just on fire in CAA play. They finished 7 1 and 1, and they are hosting the CAA women's soccer tournament this weekend. So, for those of you making a big weekend out of it, the Dukes, as the number one seed, 
are at home and they have a bye to the semifinals where they will meet somebody from the conference at, on Sunday at one o'clock. So that's sort of the first of the fall uh, postseason competitions in the big stuff. The men's soccer team is also six games unbeaten at the moment. They play, t- they actually, I guess they played tonight. They played Longwood tonight and they play Saturday at eight. So after the football game, they host Elon. So for anyone that's still there, especially because it looks like the rain might actually clear out at some point on Saturday, that would be a good one. Um, their only loss of the season was a, a tough one to a really strong UNC Wilmington team so far, or their only CAA loss. But the men's soccer team has climbed all the way back to their, I saw today, they're ranked in the top 25 for the first time in seven years. So congrats to them, and hopefully they can keep it going. And the volleyball team is getting very close. They did lose their first CAA match of the season, but they're 17-4 and four overall, 9-1 and one in the conference. They, are, they have six games left, so a few more weeks till their season heads towards um, the playoffs. But they are, and they are on the road this week with their southern trip of Charleston and Wilmington. So good stuff from all those teams. And uh, if you can this weekend, there's a lot of opportunities to see the Dukes uh, on the soccer field down at Centera Park. So... Rob, with that, I think, you know, we talked about we were, we we're going to maybe do basketball first tonight. And then I don't know if you felt like I did, but uh, this football game, like the importance of it has kind of crept up on me. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah and with, I think, without a doubt. Yeah. I think for both teams, I think for Stony Brook, too. Yeah. Um, taking a look at them and doing doing a little bit of research today. And I, they're a lot like JMU in the sense that they're sitting in pretty good shape. You know, they're, they're ranked and definitely have their eyes on, on the playoffs. They're ranked 10th, just like yeah, Elon was. <laughs> just so like Elon. Um, but they're kind of searching for a signature win, mm-hmm. much like JMU. You know, yeah. it's a, I, I'm confident, certainly confident in this D. I, I was concerned coming out of Elon, but then as they've started to get healthier, and we saw last week, like, mm-hmm. this defense is, is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, the offense, we've talked at length. I still think there's, there's some things that need to work out there. But overall, I'm just not sure what to make of this JMU team. You know, mm-hmm. JMU has yet to beat anybody that I would consider to be a good team. Right. Um, and Stony Brook really hasn't either. You know, on paper, they've got a couple wins that look like they're better. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they had a closer game against Villanova where Bednarzik or whatever, I, I can't even say that guy's yeah. name. He went out with an injury, but they still, they came back from 21 down, which is impressive. Mm-hmm. But they did, you know, against backup QB, and they let the backup QB drive down for what could have been the tying torch if they miss the extra point. I I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't be super excited if James, you let that guy drive down the field. I, I found Villanova's offense to be somewhat lacking. Yeah, somewhat. Without, yes. So that's something they write home about. They beat a Rhode Island team last weekend that has had some great flashes mm-hmm. um, for Rhode Island, but mm-hmm. with injuries and, and some quarterbacks, particularly the quarterback position, they're starting to look like may, maybe the, the magic dust is wearing off them a bit. A little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're not, they're not necessarily in the driver's seat for the playoffs anymore. They're going to need to really make some happen. So, I mean, you never know what to make of Sony Broca. Between the two teams, mm-hmm. with the history, with the coaching, with the experience and the pure talent, I'd take JMU in a heartbeat. But you don't know. I mean, this weekend could change it. This is a really big game for both teams. We're getting down the stretch run. Towson is kind of a leader in the clubhouse yeah. right now. Um who knows? I mean, that offense appears to be for real, but mm-hmm. Jamie and Stony Brook, this, the winner of this game could kind of emerge as the, the big challenge to Towson. Yeah. And I, I just, in thinking about putting together this little segment, I thought for me, the first thing that jumped out at me is just, I don't think that I recognized, and maybe I'm overblowing this, but this feels like the most important game that JMU has played since probably the first playoff game under Houston. Um, just in terms of what it means to where we're, you know, how we're going to calibrate this team and our expectations for it the rest of the year. Like Stony Brook has a lot of the same ingredients that Elon does. They're kind of a tough nosed team. They grind. They have a senior quarterback. They, they're good. They have a track record the last couple of years of improving, um, you know, exactly the kind of team that bothers that has seemed to give JMU a little bit of trouble. And I, I guess when I was just thinking about the importance of the game, I mean, if Jamie, whoever loses this game is in real, a real tight spot in this conference right now. Um, yeah. Not only for the conference, but for the playoffs, you know, and the winner will really be, ha- have, I don't want to say they're home free, but they will be very well set up 
uh, at least for the playoffs, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, JMU would have a much bigger margin for error the rest of the way if they win this weekend. And I guess I just mean that um, in the same way as that New Hampshire game a couple years ago in the playoffs, that's the Lockdown-Gates game, we just didn't quite believe after two years of Withers, you know, having a fancy gaudy record, but crapping out in the playoffs, we didn't know for sure what to believe about that team. And this, that's a little bit the way I feel about this one. Um, You know, JMU's kind of lost the, you know, they've lost the two games that have been really difficult this year. And they've feasted on five other teams that may not, none of them may finish over 500. So, it, this is this feels like Stony Brook is the team that will definitely finish in the mix, right? They're contending for the conference. Feel like they will be around come the end of the season in the discussion, and it's time for JMU to really show they can put their pedal down in a in a big game like this this year. Well, I guess the, the thing is like like you said, I think both these teams, even even if they lose this weekend, they're still in decent shape for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, they can do it. The winner of this game. It, certainly JMU, but even Stony Brook is in position to grab a seed. Yeah, yeah, JMU you know, is it, probably back in position to be a top four seed if they win this. Yeah, game. yeah, and uh, and Stony Brook could play their way into it. They could. You know, if Stony Brook beats JMU, that's a big win in the FCS world. Even though JMU lost to Elon a couple yeah. weeks ago, it's taken nothing away from it. This is kind of a this is a signature win. Mm-hmm. You'd beat a team like JMU, and what would that get them to? Five and two, six and two. Yeah, um, yeah, they'd be right there too. Yep, they'd be right there. So they they'd be in the mix already. At number ten. Another couple of teams lose. You're looking at, you know, you're on that five six range, and you win the CAA. And I've I've got to think this year, um, if the team wins the CAA with two or fewer losses, they've got a good shot at a top four seed. Yeah, I think so. And 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 for JMU, you know, Stony Brook has already played Towson. That's mm-hmm. one of their losses, I believe. And yeah. Yeah. You know, so this is kind of their last big chance, probably against the what appear to be the big three teams in the conference. This is their other opportunity. You know, JMU would still have the Towson game out in front of them, but this, this is a real, this is one of the two. I mean, JMU is going to have two, they get this one and Towson who's up to number six or so in the country. I mean, they've got two huge matchups to go this season. And, and that's Towson's... without even saying, you know, Rhode Islander or, or uh, New Hampshire. Yeah. So. I mean, you never, even though New Hampshire, you know, has, has really been down on its luck. Mm-hmm. Trevor Knight, you never yeah. want to give that guy chances, especially yep. if he's playing with nothing to lose. Right. If they can just air it out. That's they're, they're going to be a tough out the mm-hmm. rest of the season, especially up there too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's a big opportunity for JMU. Uh, we're excited about that. Yeah, my, I don't know. The second thing I was thinking about, Rob, is just I, I really, I'm most looking forward to seeing what the running game can do coming off the bye. Uh, they're getting. It looks like they may be getting Clayton Cheatham back this week, and that would be a big boost, I think, in the running game. Not that the other tight ends haven't done a decent job where they can and, and certainly been there to catch passes when needed. But, but just the experience yeah, in the running game, the, yeah, the blocking. Exactly. I think he adds some extra comfort for all the offensive linemen, you know, maybe some, just a greater stability. Yeah, it's, it would be nice on this team who has plenty of weapons on the outside and in the backfield. They need a sixth offensive lineman, not another weapon on the outside right now. And yeah, I'm kind <laughs> Even of. Even more so if the weather is iffy. Yeah, yes. Yes, yeah, I guess we'll get to that. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I just I'm really excited to see. I mean, the running game has been it has been lacking to some extent this year, uh, especially when it really, really mattered. And I'm hoping that coming off the bye and, and JMU seems to be really getting healthy, that this is the time when they can start cranking it up a little bit and maybe find some rhythm this weekend. So well, it's about that time that Marcus Marshall started to hit his stride last year, mm-hmm. you know, going search them in the playoffs. So uh, I'm eternally optimistic, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it, every week it doesn't click. Mm-hmm. It starts to make me think like, oh my gosh, am I, am I just watching everything with purple, you know, purple glasses on? Mm-hmm. So coming out of the bye week home, homecoming, potentially kind of a wet track. This is set up to, you know, really be a big game for the for the rush, rushing attack and maybe get some confidence going down the stretch. Absolutely. Rob, what about you? You got anything in particular? Well, on the other side, mm-hmm. I'm really kind of – the fan in me is kind <laughs> of excited to see the matchup of Jamie's rush defense yes. against Goins and, and Leotine. Yeah. I'm not sure. If I, if I mispronounce these names – It's definitely Leotine, the other guy, I don't know. But, yes. Yeah, yeah Goins. 
I mean, these guys are good. Yeah. And I think if you're not familiar with them collectively, I think they're averaging like 199 yards a game. Mm-hmm. Um, they're absolutely just kind of lights out. The running game, I think it's fair to say we all expected JMU to have. Uh, I would have thought this would – you look at their stats and – if you told me the beginning of the year, two running backs in this game, who is it going to be? You know, blind blind stats. I'd say, oh, you're looking at Marshall and Sharp or right. something like that. And and it's not them. No. It's the two leading rushers in the CAA mm-hmm. are both of Stony Brook's backs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're trying to call them Long Island Express. <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's like a thing or if there's. I, I don't know I'd if you be want a more... new, uh, so like Pony Express. I don't, I don't know. If yeah, you name yourself after the SMU I mean, debacle, but yeah. Or the Hogwarts Express, right? Right. Polar Express, or something. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be more worried about something called the Long Island Express if this was like a lacrosse preview. But I don't. Right. Or I don't a pro wrestling of, promotion. Yeah, yeah, I don't typically think of Long Island as you know. You're not confusing it with the heart of the SEC. No. Um, but these guys are really good. Mm-hmm. You know, last week they both went over 100 yards. It's the fourth time this year they've done that in the same game. Mm-hmm. That's impressive, no matter who you're playing. So it'll be really cool to see how JMU. Uh, loads up and, and attacks that. I'm sure they're going to try to fo- force Carbone to beat him in the in the passing game. But um, the difference is probably going to come down to which team can run the ball. Yeah. And and thus far, I mean, it's immovable force. And you know, I just totally butchered that. What is that? Unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> it's late. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Perpetual. Whatever. But <laughs> it's it's the two strengths. You know, the the strength of the JMU team is the rush D. The strength of Stony Brook is the running attack, so it, it's going to be great for a fan. I just hope it goes in our favor. Yeah, you certainly hope. I mean, la- the was it last year the playoff game with Stony Brook? I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, one th- JMU really shut down the running game, and they forced Carbone to to try to beat them, and he did not. <laughs> uh, you know, he was his performance in the playoffs last year was uh, it was pretty awful, and you know, I think most of that was due to JMU's defense. And they got after him. They, you know, I, I just, yeah, they, they can, you hope we see a big repeat of that kind of thing. Uh, he's not a super mobile guy. And JMU has done well the last few years against, you know, big, strong quarterbacks who aren't super mobile. So he really didn't impress me. No, and I, I, I hate bagging on no, um, particular players or college kids. He came in with a decent amount of hype and he was kind mm-hmm. of, he was sold to us as kind of one of the up and coming QBs of the CAA and watch out, you know, right. when he gets as a senior, he's going to be really good. And he's kind of regressed a little bit. I think he's completing like 50% of his passes. He's just kind of meh. Like yeah. he, he's not good. He's not bad. If you look at his stats for the year, a good game for him would be like 12 for 24 with 160 yards. Yeah. And- you know, it's just, he's kind of the old game manager, as they used to say, mm-hmm. that's kind of what he's doing. And, I don't know. I mean, it, it's mostly because this running game is so good. Mm-hmm. But if you get in a situation like he hasn't proven that he can win a game with his arm. No. And and, it, and, yeah. and I don't think the time to do that is against Jimmy Moreland. Or John Daka or Rondell yeah. Carter. Right. No, I don't either. And it's just it, – it's too bad for – I mean, not, not to feel bad for Elon, but losing Davis Cheek, their quarterback mm-hmm. is now out for the season with a torn ACL. And he's a guy who, you know, he had also been – fairly pedestrian in JMU's previous matchups until this year, but clearly had taken a step, you know, taken a big step forward in his play yeah. uh, this year as a senior and not quite sure we'll see that from Carbone, but uh, it's certainly a danger because I think they're in sort of similar styles of play, uh, both those teams. So yeah, that's, I'm excited to see the defense back with all its players. You know, we saw a little bit yeah. of it a couple weeks you hope with the buy, you know, working guys like Word and back in uh, Adib, even maybe some of the corners, like you hope that the health is really starting to kick in for JMU and they have their full complement of players right now. And it is exciting to think about what they might be able to do this weekend with a fully loaded weapon on defense. So, yeah, my last thing, Rob, is I'm very excited. It's a purple out this weekend. Uh, we can put away the gray uniforms, all the junk, right? I'm hoping we can see lots and lots and lots of purple on the field, in the stands. Um, this kind of goes not only for the team, you know, I'm not going to complain about the uniforms, uh, but fans as well. And I, I did see Houston maybe looking ahead to the weather forecast and, and kind of concerned himself. 
really urging fans to uh, be there all four quarters, as he put it. So that's that's tough. Any homecoming, but we'll, we'll see. I don't know if the, if the weather will work in your favor mm-hmm. in that situation or against you. Like sometimes when it's nice and there's a big blowout, everybody's gone back out yeah. tailgating. But no problem with that. Yeah, um, yeah, they're winning by a lot. Yeah, Fine. whatever. But we'll see. This, you know, if it's 38 and raining, people. Just come prepared this week. The seasons have very much changed this week up there in the valley. And I don't know, whatever wetsuit material, wetsuit gloves you are your best cold, wet weather stuff, uh, get that stuff ready. But you know, I mean, I, I'm pretty confident going into this game. And Todd, you know, I'm usually the yeah. nervous fan who's like, you oh, are. You know. you're a lifelong I, Mets fan. I, so, yeah, yeah uh, it's, and Giants, Giants. My goodness yeah. gracious, which <laughs> talk about. Not getting any relief from my red zone issues that JMU has. <laughs> it's even worse when I turn on the Oh, Giants. but you oh. know they're going to win next week. No, like, this knows? is a classic Skins debacle yeah. coming. Well, yeah, anyways. They're all debacles. But <laughs> um, but I, I'm really confident. I just I think Stony Brook's pass defense is very mediocre. You know, I think they're giving up 220-something yards a game. Well, yeah, um, I'm really excited about Nooch coming off the bye, too. Yeah, I think – and granted, some of those – I mean, Towson played – Towson played against Stony Brook. That'll mess up your numbers. I mean, that, yeah, they put up 52 Tom points. Flacco, yeah. Yeah. So that's take it with a grain of salt, but they haven't proven they can shut down any passing attack. I think Nooch is going to be very good. I, I expect to see some improvement from Donnie Kay's play calling. I think mm-hmm. we're going to see a little bit more variety. Yep. I think they're going to start to open things up. This is the time in the season where, where we've seen Houston do that. But I, I think they're going to be very effective moving the ball. Um, I think the running game will improve. I'm not sure it's going to be a, you know, back to the glory days type of situation, mm-hmm. but I don't know, man, like on a wet track, I, I give the edge to the JMUD. I think if it gets to be one of these kind of down and dirty games, you're just trying to pound it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stony Brook can run all they want, but there's only so much you can do. Other yeah. than even against Elon, when the D was kind of banged up, missing some players, it was basically big plays and it was mistakes. It wasn't like, they were exposed for no, you know, and like they you had, can just run down the right side. Or no, and they had a big play of their own called back by a penalty, and yeah, you know it was that. That was, I think that was more a wake up call. Than yeah, they gave else. up what 24, 27 points. I mean, it wasn't you know. It, it, I think when Stony Brook played Towson, they gave up fifty two. Yeah, right. It, it wasn't that kind of a like full meltdown. Yeah, I don't. Know. They got beat. Or I'm, yeah. We're not. We're not just. No, no. JMU lost the game. They lost the game. Right. And they well, lost the game because. But it was key breakdowns. It was mm-hmm. four or five plays that broke down. It wasn't a breakdown of the entire defensive system. Right. Is the point I'm trying to make. No, so, I, I feel that way. I mean, as 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 nervous as I am about this game, as nervous as I am about this tough stretch run, mm-hmm. I'll take JMU's defense against anybody in the country on any day at this level. The rest of the season in any game they play. So. Yeah. You know, if they're healthy, I'll, I'm happy to, I will be, I will again, always be confident that JMU's defense will probably hold people below 21, 24 points. And it's a question of, can JMU, you know, climb above that number? Like it was surprising to me for Elon to get to 27. It would be really surprising for me to see anyone get to 35 or 42 against this defense. You know, to force yeah. JMU into a pure shootout. Yeah, well, yeah. I think if Sony Brook were to win, it would be one of these, you know, 21-10 type games. Yeah, I don't, I don't exactly, think they're high scoring. Yes, yeah, 21-16, yeah, 23-20, yeah. I think they're too one-dimensional on offense. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, I don't want to knock the guy, but Carbone does not impress me. He doesn't scare me. I, I think if you get in a situation where he's got to throw the ball 25, 30 times, yeah. that's in JMU's favor. Yeah, at some point he's got to make, you know, they're going to have to convert a third and eight or a second and 14 situation. And that's when you really get in trouble against JMU. Yeah. You know, even if you run the ball well for a while. And I, I, it wouldn't surprise me this week with, with word healthy to see JMU, you know, Wayne Davis has been playing really well, but it, you know, I, I think we're going to see a lot of that three, headed monster of Word, Moore, and Holloway. Instead of Davis dropping down? Yeah, instead of, like, I mean, you know, if Stony Brook's going to challenge you for three yards in a cloud of dust every play, it it wouldn't surprise me to see a little bulkier group in there for JMU this this time now that they have all their guys back. So, 
we'll see what happens. You got anything else on football? Are you ready for a little bit of hoops? No, just the one thing we we're talking about the running game. I was uh-huh. just, I've got the stats up. Like, you know, Marshall is still averaging seven yards a carry. Yeah. But only 52 yards a game. So hmm. it makes you think, and this is something that you were concerned about all year. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, this, this running back by committee, we got to start going to some guy. I don't, and I was concerned last time, but what do you have, five carries mm-hmm. last game? Maybe this is the game where he gets 15 carries and, and we all start to, to feel a little bit better about the running game. He's still proven that he can do it. They've just, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, haven't, haven't pounded it with him. So. Yeah, and I think Trey has been good at spurts this year, too. I think Trey's been great about coming in in the third or fourth quarter. You know, he those big, those, the tough runs yes. that would typically be maybe three yard runs in the in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. His big old legs push him out for five or six yard <laughs> right, right. runs. You're just the punishing ones in the end. So like he can kind of kill the game for you. Yes, um, and they've been using that role. But I'd like to see this week instead of just using the running game to kind of kill the clock or, or you know, oh, we finally got the lead now. So, let's maybe jump out to a lead with the running game or just yes. run away with it. Yes. You know, get, get two or three touchdowns on the ground with these, you know, a 10 play drive where you've got six running, running plays. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'll take anything as long as it's a win, but yeah. I would really like to see maybe one or two main backs emerge in this game. Yes. And we want to see a good, good tailgate, no matter the weather. Uh, we'll see everybody in D lot this weekend. Uh, get a big plans this week. So, <laughs> Our whole group is going this week. Yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Yeah. First, first time in ages. Yes, exactly. We've, we've got some, uh, you know, very young children in that group. So it's been hard. And, and one couple people have moved away. So, yeah, but excited for this weekend. Mm-hmm. So, Rob, you want to start us off on hoops? Just we'll do, I don't know, maybe kind of back and forth for four things we're either looking forward to thinking about want to talk about about hoops kind of like um, reasons for optimism or reasons yeah. for skepticism just back and forth. yeah i mean i guess we can start off with the ca media day was last week and yeah is it James, even if it is it even a real thing anymore or is it just like all online it's all kind of I, online and yeah. at least the voting took place already and jamie was picked sixth out of ten ten teams this year which while not as high as we would all like is a significant step up from the last couple of years uh, for the Dukes in the preseason, the, the, at least the respect they're getting around the conference. And Stucky Mosley was picked to the second team, and Matt Lewis was an honorable mention in the preseason. Darius Banks, who, was, who joined Lewis last year on the all-freshman team, uh, was not selected. But that's kind of the, I don't know, that sets us up for talking about hoops going forward. Yeah, I guess I've got no real gripes with any of that. I think that's all pretty fair. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Stucky Mosley is very good. Second team, that seems reasonable. You know, that's one of the, the does, top players. I, I looked at it, Rob. I mean, the first – this conference is stacked this year. Yeah, when you look it's at the team. really – the first and second teams are – Nathan Knight is on the second team with yeah. Stucky Mosley. Like, yeah, no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, initially, I, it was like, oh, Matt Lewis got screwed. Then you look at it, and you're like, well, Matt Lewis is a hell of a player. Um, you know, he was terrific as a freshman. Yeah. But I can't choose anybody on the first two teams and be like, well, he clearly deserves to be in over that guy. I mean, this this is a really good league this year. And every, yeah, that first team, Brantley and Riller from Charleston, yeah. who are both great. Pusica, that little annoying, who is, just great who is player awesome. for Northeastern, who was picked to win the conference. Uh, Kaycock from UNCW, who I think is probably, in our minds, the best player in the conference. Yeah. And then Wright Foreman from Hofstra was picked as the preseason player of the year. And that's was player four, of the year last year. Right. And that's four seniors and a junior mm-hmm. who are really, really good and, and left people like Nathan Knight and Stucky Mosley on the second team. That's a really good group. Yeah. Now, and they're fun to watch. Like, I know everybody mm-hmm. kind of knocks it like, oh, it's just it's a low mid-major. It's probably not a multi-bid league, but like, you're not going to have much more fun watching a guy play ball than somebody like Pasika. Right. You know, he's also right foreman. He's mm-hmm. a guy that can fill it up any given night. You know, it's really fun basketball. These are teams that kind of get up and down. Um, you've mm-hmm. heard us talk about William and Mary and them shooting the lights out. It's, <laughs> but it's a fun league this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Northeastern, I think they're picked to win. I think a lot of their fans would say, well, technically that should be a repeat. They got kind of <laughs> <laughs> got a little job. Yeah, got, got a little job. Um, yeah. There's Pasika got called for what was it like a travel or yeah. double dribble or something. There's some serious home cooking going on in, in Charleston to the benefit of the Cougars. Right. Um, 
you know, down the stretch. But that's a good team. Right, Foreman is good. A guy yeah, who's good enough. Eastern Charleston and Hofstra were the top three. I couldn't believe UNCW Kaycock is only one spot ahead of JMU because William and Mary's in fourth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, Kaycock. I mean, they don't have that much around him, but he's a guy that can just dominate. He, he yeah. can he can go twenty points and fifteen rebounds on any given night. Mm-hmm. Um, right, Foreman is the exact type of player in college basketball that can carry you to an end. You know, get hot at the right weekend and help you cut down the nets and, and get your bid. So I don't want to see Hofstra get a bid. No, I, I don't. And I mean, it's Hofstra, so it'll fall apart. They're, right. they're cursed in many ways. It's like, JMU, if you're picked to finish sixth, you're basically bumped up. I think it's CFC, Northeastern, Hofstra. If William and Mary can play any D, mm-hmm. they, they could make a run. But everybody else is kind of bunched up in that three yeah, to six, I, three to seven range. I felt like the top five were pretty clear, and then the, yeah. JMU was kind of picked as the – the best of the best the, of the rest. Best of the rest, and and I did think to myself, looking at its Delaware, Elon, Drexel, and Towson, rounding out the end of the conference. I guess for me, expectation wise, I mean, sixth for me is, you know, it's fine. It's probably right where they should be, but I also feel like it might. I'm hopeful, or at least my expectation is that that might be the floor for JMU instead of the ceiling. Like yeah. I'd be really disappointed if they finish ninth again. You know, oh, I'd, I'd, I'd be very upset. Where I wouldn't be, like, shocked if they managed to finish fourth, you know. No, and obviously the goal is you want to go back to the tournament mm-hmm. for the season. Yeah. But I think I'd consider it a success if they were one of the top four seeds and they got to mm-hmm. buy the CA tournament, and then, you know, hopefully you win a game. But in terms of regular season, if they could finish top four in this league, um, considering where they're coming from, mm-hmm. you know, the past couple of years. And if you learn to close out games better, get some better breaks – they were in pretty much every game last year. They had some absolutely bizarre end-of-game sequences, bad luck slash, you know, mm-hmm. youth youth showing up at the wrong time. Right. Uh, you know, last year was weird. So they could have, with with any sort of better luck, they could have had four or five more wins. They probably should have. I mean, that Mason game, it was like, you know, ripping defeat from the jaws of victory. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think if they finished top four, that would be great. But – it's not a complete failure if you finish fifth or sixth. Um, we'll see. That's about the least constructive statement anybody's ever made. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, yeah, just, I mean, like, you don't know. This is, it's got the potential, but it's a young team. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I'd like to think top four. If you start if seventh or eighth, or goodness knows, you know, even worse Ninth than that, ten, yeah, then you start having a real serious conversation. Well, about, is it time to start over? They are bringing back four starters this year. Yeah, um, you know, Lewis and Mosley and Banks, and then. Not just the starters, but I mean, I, I think Phillips, Jones, and Wilson all played a good amount last year. And Jacobs. And Jacobs, yeah. yeah. So they're, you know, they're bringing back seven or eight guys that contributed a lot, and they have this really highly touted freshman class coming in. Um, four, you know, four new players joining the, the crew, including Flowers and Parker. I mean, some guys that I think people are pretty excited about. So, yeah, I mean, they could be a deep team. It might take them a little while to you know, figure out the rotation and, and get those freshmen playing up to par. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I really am hoping for coach Rowe and, and for the program that they win. If they just convert half of those close games from last year, they're solidly in the middle of the conference and in the conversation as a team, you know, a threat when they get to the CAA tournament. Yeah. yeah. And, and for a young team last year, uh, particularly with Lewis, you know, playing majority of the point, they did a good job of taking care of the ball. That's one reason I'm very optimistic. It, it was mm-hmm. not a team that made a bunch of sloppy turnovers. Nope. They had a positive assist to turnover ratio. Um, I think they, they were positive net turnovers. So, like, things you wouldn't expect from young teams to do, that you wouldn't expect young teams to do well, they did pretty well. Mm-hmm. One area where they struggled, and you'd expect <laughs> this as young was shooting. They, they were not a particularly great shooting team. I think mm-hmm. they were, you know, it, it kind of a not awful, but shot like 420 or something from the field right. they were not good from long range at all uh, you know 330 no. or something like that 33 percent uh, if they can get that up you know 37 38 percent they don't need to be you know no they're not they going to be golden Mary. state they're yeah. not going to be william or golden state they're not going you know 90 50 40 or anything like no, that but, but they're athletic enough you know one through eight that if they just are a competent shooting team they're going to be a tough team to play against for anybody yeah you know they just they have enough guys athletically uh, to keep up with almost anybody yeah yeah 
So and another guy like you mentioned, but Darius Banks is somewhat overlooked. I think everybody's yeah. just talking about like, oh, Mosley and Lewis, Mosley and Lewis. No, I really enjoyed Banks at the end of last year. Yeah, I felt no, like he I... was really coming on. Yeah, yeah, and Devell Phillips. I know he mm-hmm. had he had some issues where he was. You know, benched and I don't know, maybe criticized for lack of effort by Coach Rowe and disappeared. But when he's on, he's kind of got like the Joe Kim Noah um, prior to being waived by the Knicks and career ending sort of thing. But like back that, you yeah. know, Noah, Noah was just could make a nuisance out of himself and mm-hmm. play good D and rebound and, and get kind of ugly buckets, the type that would drive you crazy as an opposing fan, but you yeah. love. I think he can play that role where he doesn't need to score double figures every night, but if he no. can get you seven to 10 rebounds and seven to 10 points, right. And he's occasionally cle- block a shot on the perimeter. Yeah. Or just you know, kind of that energy. Guy, annoying which, steal. Like, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And yeah. he's got the talent to do it. Mm-hmm. And he certainly had moments where he was the most energetic guy on the court last year, but then the other moments where he just didn't appear to have the wind or the energy. So um, right. maybe with another year under coach Rowe, we could see that. So he's another guy that could be somewhat of an X factor. And then I'm really high on Zach Jacobs. You know, he looked mm-hmm. really timid last year, didn't really know when to take his shot. And when he did, he was kind of, you know, a little bit hesitant. But he shot the ball pretty well in high school. Um, last year, he shot for a really bad percentage. He's mm-hmm. got nowhere to go but up. Mm-hmm. He's a smart basketball player. I think he's going to take a big step forward and not necessarily be a starter or in the same conversation as Banks and Lewis and Mosley. But I think he's a guy who, who might surprise you in a couple nights a year, end up, you know, getting you double digits or even be a leading scorer every mm-hmm. now and again. It has the potential to be a really good six man. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you got anything else in particular, Rob, you're thinking about with the season? I, I know they've, you know, got a couple exciting games. They don't have anything sort of that jumps out at you on the schedule. Uh, they do play old dominion this year, but they, you know, nothing, I didn't at least look at it and think like, oh, they're playing Kentucky this year or something, you know. No, but I'm I'm okay with that kind of oh, I'm taking the approach mm-hmm. of like, hey, winning is a habit you need to you need to develop. Mm-hmm. This is a team that needs to get that confidence going. Um, and so if you play kind of a an average or just not a flashy schedule, but you head into the conference play, you know, whatever, yeah. ten and ten and three or something like that. Right. That that's good enough. That might be where they need to be exactly. at this stage of the program. I got to tell one story, Rob, um, real quick on the basketball program. This is not about this year. I went out with the Triad Dukes down here in Greensboro a couple weeks ago to watch the last uh, J- the JMU win over Villanova. And there was a guy in the restaurant who he's kind of like he kept looking at us the, like the whole first quarter kind of, I don't know, you know, you, I don't know who he's with, but he kept kind of looking over at the five or six of us. And he finally like put it together. I think he turned around and looked at the TV. Like, we all had JMU stuff on, but I think he wasn't quite realizing why we were all there. Yeah. And then he turned around, looked at TV, and realized we were watching this, you know, this standard definition JMU Villanova game. And, uh, and he came over and he said, I, I just got to tell you guys, he's like, you guys all went to JMU or something? And we said, yeah. And he said, uh, I-, I played ball at ECU uh, in the late 80s and early 90s. And he's like, I'm, I don't know what class he said, but he said, we were at JMU. We went to JMU. This is when ECU was in the conference, mm-hmm. whatever conference it was at the time. Right? It was CAA. Yeah. CAA, yeah. Back with American right. and ECU, Richmond. And he was like, we, first time I went to JMU or whatever, we went in, and he said, I thought it was 91, but he couldn't remember. And he's like, I remember going up there, and we drive all the way up there, and you know, it's way out in the, in the mountains kind of thing. And we, we get there, and the whole team, the JMU team, greeted us at the bus. You know, we get there early in the day or whatever, and he's like, and they were all wearing coats and ties, and and uh, they were so nice, and they greeted us at the bus, and he's like, nobody had ever done that. It was like the nicest thing, and then they actually took us on a tour around campus and around the whole thing, and, and we went out to eat, and I, he thought it was probably D Hall. You know, he didn't really know, like, what the story was as far as JMU's campus, but he was saying, like, that th- they went out to eat with us for lunch, and... uh they just were so nice, and it was this weird thing that we'd never had. And he was like, and then we get to the, the arena for the game. <laughs> arena. Yeah, or whatever it was. You know, <laughs> yeah, he didn't know it was the condo, <laughs> but he's like, we get to the, the stadium, you know, the place where they play the game. And that is the meanest crowd and the meanest team we have ever played. 
<laughs> he was like, we got our ass kicked by like 30 or 40 points. I looked it up. I'm assuming it's the February 10th, 1992, end of the 91-92 season when JMU won that game 86-48. <laughs> um, and he was like, those guys spit on us, punched us. <laughs> like the game, that, and he's like, that crowd was ridiculous. He's like, they put these people behind the baskets and they're yelling at everybody. And it was He's like, it was the worst atmosphere I played in in three years or something, <laughs> playing college ball. And he's like, it was just, and it was, and he was like, it's such a mind, fuck. you know, yeah. because they had been so nice to us and done this weird, like it was almost creepy how nice and what a sort of professional, you know, thing this was when we got off the bus and this whole first two hours we were up there and we were all kind of like, oh, this is so nice. It's going to be a fun game. And then we get out there at the combo and it's just a mess. <laughs> It's the Martin and, games, man. Yeah, and lefty. I was like, that, yeah, that was lefty. And I was like, that was the lefty teams. And, and it just, it got me excited for basketball again. And it made me think, like, we got a couple years left in the combo, people. Uh, go out and enjoy it, you know. It is what it is at this point. It's, it's certainly not going to get any better. Uh, but it's almost, we're almost to the end of it. But enjoy the hell out of it these last couple of years. For everybody in the Valley and students right now, Get out there and have fun with it. <laughs> oh, know? yeah, because you, you talk about football, like how it's so hard for JMU, a team with really great facilities, to go to New Hampshire and, you know, the great right. locker rooms and everything. Uh-huh. It's the same sort of situation with the combo. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not a bunch of, you know, the CAA doesn't have like a Fog Allen or a Palestra. There's no of these palatial places or these, you know, iconic. Famous, yeah. But like Towson has awesome facilities. Um, they do. Delaware's kind of a unique situation, but Drexel's got a, Weird, weird court design like us, but but those things are kind of like quirky and make it difficult to play. But for the combo, it's like we as fans use an excuse for JMU's poor, you know, poor player. Oh, it's not worth going to. It can be a real idiosyncratic experience for oh for, yeah uh, visitors. And as, and as someone who grew up going to a bunch of Maryland games, it it has always felt to me like they lost something when they moved out of coal into yeah. the new facility, right? You know, just that it just feels antiseptic or something yeah. in there and oh, no. yeah. and people were afraid to play at Cole and, and it, it was a it was definitely a head game for the teams that played in there yeah. and hopefully JMU you know I can't wait for the new arena I'm excited to go in there but but when you've got this really weird situation use it your advantage yeah and JMU's got a like tough I guess I was just thinking that this year like they have a tough kind of feisty team potentially if they stay healthy uh, they should be competitive. They're certainly athletically competitive mm-hmm. with anybody they're going to play. You know, it, it would be nice to see the combo really going after it. Yeah, getting after it again a little bit for these last couple of years there. So, yeah, with the pep band hanging right over here as a, as a visiting team, that's a, that can be in a loud arena. Like when I was there in the lefty years, oh, you yeah. were there for the time. It was loud. It was a it was a tough place to play. Right, because it's not. It wasn't made for acoustics. Like no, the modern arenas are. You know. No, it was just. It was just weird. Like <laughs> there's, there's walls where there shouldn't be walls. And there's like <laughs> right. balcony thing behind the basket to get on the court. And stuff. Yeah, like, it's yeah. just. Yeah, it's got to be unnerving. Well, Rob, you want to take us to overtime real quick? Well, yeah. I mean, let's. We got to talk about the lottery, right? I mean, yeah, I was, we're doing I was the same thing everybody else is doing. Everybody else. Well, no, everybody else is buying tickets. Oh yeah, oh, my well, goodness. we're doing that too, I guess. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I went to 7-Eleven earlier. There was like a line out the door of people getting <laughs> tickets. Right. And same thing at Giant. Everybody's jammed around those machines. <laughs> so no, we're just going to talk about like what we would do if we won the money. Giant food. I do miss some giant food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you did not have that. I don't really miss that. No. We don't have that down here. Yeah. No. But who knows? By the time people hear this, we might have already won. Uh, one of us will have. Yeah. yeah. We, I, I tell you one thing. My first, I, I'll be doing this. Um, a much larger percentage of my time. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be a professional podcast. Yeah. Yeah. No, no more smartphones. Have a little no. studio. Bennett, Greg, you're all working for us now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't like when I was a kid, well, I used to talk about if, if I won a million dollars, which seemed like a much greater sum of money than it now does. Mm-hmm. When we're talking, what is this? It's up to two billion. A million dollars. Um, yeah. Yes. But for me, like when I was a little kid, all I wanted was a mansion with a pool and a water slide from my bedroom directly into the pool. <laughs> and then like a full size basketball court. So, and that that's as big as my dreams got. They haven't evolved. I was actually gonna say they're exactly the same, right? Oh. Yeah. I mean so now I mean for me it would it'd be the house I'd have a house in Newport. 
my kids and wife mm-hmm. already have like, oh yeah, we'd go this street and that street, whatever. So that's that's done. But yeah. then I always said if I won, it would be like I would be gone. I, I might not show up at work. I'd keep my job just because it'd be great having like the ultimate fu money mm-hmm. and being able to just approach it with nothing else. But I would just send an email to you and everybody else I know, being like, send me your info, tickets to the airport. I'd have everybody out, house in Aspen. I'd have it fully yep. stocked with food, beer, mm-hmm. chef. But the most importantly, I would have skis and gear and everything waiting for everybody. So yes. anytime my friend showed up, it was like, <laughs> just come out, you know, and hop on yep. my plane, ideally. Yes. Yes. And we will just be there. Yeah. Um, and it would be all, here's, here's, I'd have a, whatever, dedicated fishing guide for the summer. Mm-hmm. And I'd have it all set up for skiing in the winter. That is really good. Yeah. Because I would definitely be living on a boat, a very mm-hmm. large fancy boat at this point yes. uh, in the off seasons i would definitely buy a tailgate pad in harrisonburg mm-hmm. I, I think that you know even if it's just a little condo downtown or something um that that would be on on the list uh, the one thing I, we were talking about at work today you know and, and like you I, I would love to like take time and get a pilot's license and mm-hmm. have a little plane and learn to do that so that I could fly and visit you. Oh no, I, I don't. So, I want somebody flying me around. Oh, I can sit okay. in the back. I'll have champagne and caviar. Gotcha. And, yeah. But somebody, somebody at work me. today, we were talking about what we. What, what was the coolest thing you could do? You know, everybody comes out of the woodwork. This one's going to be ridiculous. With uh, the size of this one is is particularly not. You know, yeah. it's it's alluring for everybody buying tickets. It's also concerning for the mental well being of whoever wins. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I was saying. The one thing I would love to do is just pay off all the student loans of my friends. Yeah. Like, cause I always say, I actually don't need to win the lottery. Like I don't need the full 1.6 billion. I just need enough to pay off my student loans at this point. And it, it would, I was thinking about it. I was like, this is something that if you could do this for my brother, for my friends, that's like the, Oh, that'd be the best. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, my kids think it's boring, but they're like, what would you do that? And I was like, well, first thing is I'd set up, pay for your college and all your nieces and nephews colleges that's right and then i mean i don't know i'm at the point where like i don't really like stuff so for me it would be really exciting to be able to start a charity or all of a sudden we've got like the jmusp endowed scholarship oh, I, I, oh there's no doubt we'd have an endowed scholarship they'd have an indoor practice facility yeah, <laughs> yeah but for me like it, no, i mean yeah. it, it really I, i'm not interested in being super wealthy obviously i'd take it but like it's not a goal of mine. money's not right. that important but when i do think about it and people are going to think i'm lying the idea of being able to do good for others is the most appealing part i mean well the most appealing part is just not needing to worry about it yes, i don't care about having idea. stuff but just yes. the, not the freedom from needing everything. to worry yeah. about it mm-hmm. but i absolutely would i mean you look at the, my kids go to the local public school and half their half their school is on the free lunch program Right. I would love to do stuff like whatever and forget about college. I'm talking about just like set up tutoring and programs like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but then, yeah, absolutely. What are you going to do? There's only so much, so many things you can buy. I'd be all about oh, yeah. setting up some sort of charity to help people advance themselves. And then the other thing is my parents travel constantly. Every time mm-hmm. I turn around, like I can't keep up. Yeah, mine do too. Yeah, they're they're they always that point. Yeah. They've reached that point. They're always, and they're going really cool places. My mm-hmm. mom has always wanted to go to Budapest. And she's never gone. And I'm like, we'll just go to freaking Budapest. I mean, yeah. she was in Europe like four times last year. She's never gone. So I would take my mom to Budapest so I could, because yeah. it'd be fun. They'd take yeah. me a lot of places, but also like, I don't know. Just, she could stop talking about it and just do it. Like, yeah. Go to Italy it. one less time. I love it. Yeah. I, I think in general, uh, like everybody, we we're probably not that far off of everybody else's uh, goals other than the JMUSB endowed scholarship. Yeah, yeah, we could be the T Boone Pickens of JMU's rise to the American Athletic Conference. Yeah. <laughs> Although one one thing would be cool in terms of like splurging the old Cal Ripken setup. You hear about his basketball? Oh yeah, that kind of. Gym. Well, that's the thing. I don't need like more than I have, like more things than I have now. But to have nicer versions of them, yeah, would be really nice, right? Like, like I've have... got a basketball hoop in our back driveway. It would be yeah. nice to have a basketball court. Court. Yeah. Right. Um... With lights. And yeah. locker rooms. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, no, like I, I have a, a vehicle that I love dearly. And I'm, I'm so happy to have gotten this vehicle. I would just have a nicer, bigger version of that vehicle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like that's the same. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's pretty fun. Hopefully, uh, somebody in JMU Nation wins it. Hopefully, somebody in JMU, you know, Athletics Land wins the, wins the lottery. They'll probably the winning ticket is probably bought in 
Dayton, Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> right. So we'll see. Um, but Rob, it's good to talk to you. I really can't wait to see you this weekend. Really looking yeah. forward to seeing no, everybody this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. We're uh, going to get our annual chance to really <laughs> spend some quality time and everybody come join us at pale fire on Friday, you know, rain or shine, we will be there. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing many of you out there. Thank you to everybody who has supported us along the way and might or might not make it on Friday. Um, I don't know. That's the thanks to pale fire for putting up with us and, and supporting us in doing this on Friday and enjoy quad fest. It's going to be great. Uh, enjoy the whole weekend. Lots of JMU events to get out to lots of things that, you know, a lot of people come back for homecoming that aren't there for football. So enjoy your time in the Berg. Hopefully we will be talking about a six and two close to first place top five JMU team next week. And hopefully we'll be talking about a fourth seated DC United team, Rob. Oh man. That's, that's when something else Wayne Rooney. It's, it's been a good run for the two, the two teams that you and I, share allegiances to with yeah. the Caps and DC United this year. And the Wizards so, won last night, too. And, okay, how about that? Yeah. yeah. Well, broken clock's right yeah. twice, twice a day, right? Yeah. So, in, I, I don't know. I don't have anything else, so I will talk to you next week, Rob. Yeah, have a good week, everybody. See you Friday. Yeah. Go Dukes. Bye.